I'm Matt Miller of the Ditch That Textbook Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great educational podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Steve here, and I want to ask you a question. Have you been feeling stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, maybe stuck? Or how about you're emotionally eating, you can't sleep, you're mindlessly scrolling the internet or watching TV, you have racing thoughts and maybe even a foggy brain. If you're experiencing these, then Self-Care Summer is for you. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to collaborate with Connect Flow Grow to bring you this exciting opportunity. The founder, Lynn Jimenez, is a therapist specializing in helping people reduce stress so they can live happier, more productive lives. This summer, she is bringing together her favorite self-care experts for self-care summer to help you learn how to keep stress low. In addition to starting or freshening up your self-care practices, Lynn will teach you what you need to know about stress, including what it is, how to identify how stress impacts you, and how to use coping skills effectively to actually stress less. So go to my website, stephenmaletto.com sponsors, and click on the Self-Care Summer with ConnectFlow Grow hosting link to join by July 12th through 15th to secure your spot. This event only happens once a year, and you're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with James Palsik, who is the Director of Education, Safety, and Compliance at Flynn Scientific. We're talking about what Flynn Scientific can do for you as a science teacher, PPE for the science lab, lab safety, Flynn STEM, and so much more. Oh, you're going to love this episode. James is so much fun to talk with. And by the way, before you go anywhere, it would be so cool if you went into the app the platform that you're listening to me on and rated and reviewed the podcast. Could you do that? Come on, do me a favor, please. (laughs) Thanks. Enjoy. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com, sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching Learning Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. You are listening to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. 
Glenn Scientific Incorporated, based in Batavia, Illinois, is a comprehensive multi-line supplier of manufactured and purchased science education products and curricula. Since its founding in 1977 as a laboratory chemical supplier to high school science teachers, Flynn has continuously expanded its product lines and markets and has developed an intensely loyal, growing base of science teacher customers across all 50 states. Science isn't just our business, it's our passion. We make teaching science easier because we believe in science. We believe in curiosity and determination in the insatiable quest for knowledge and the transformative power of breakthroughs. We love these those moments when true understanding dawns and the light bulbs come on, so we love enabling them in our own small way. You can find that and much more on uh, Flynn Scientific's website. And today I've got James Palsik, who is the Director of Education Safety and Compliance at Flynn Scientific. Today, James will be talking about how school systems can safely reopen schools and science labs. James, great to have you on the show. Welcome and say hi to everyone. It is my pleasure to be here and hello, everyone. It's James. So let's spend some time together and hopefully we can answer some questions and uh, maybe stimulate some more thoughts. That would be fantastic. Stephen, I'm all yours. Awesome. I appreciate it, James. So, so let's let's first, I got to ask, were you, were you a teacher one time? <laughs> yes. Uh, can you tell? Uh, yes. I'm not wearing a white lab coat with a pocket protector, but uh, <laughs> yes, I indeed was a uh, teacher. I am a uh, licensed, qualified teacher. Uh, still to this day, I was a uh, science teacher. And I actually, my first job, uh, out of the faculty of education was teaching grade seven and eight science on a rotary. So I taught the same classes multiple times a day, grade sevens on one day, grade eights on the next. Oh, wow. And uh, then went to high school and uh, I was recruited out of teaching in a mainstream traditional brick and mortar school setting to go and work for a science supply company which I did, and then I immediately had to pivot and teach teachers, had to train teachers in how to use a lot of the new technologies that were out there, that were emerging technologies back in the late 90s, and how to integrate those into meeting curricular expectations in a 76-minute period, because that's what we had to work with at that time. Very cool. That's awesome. It, and so I got to ask you first, I'm going to go talk about the kids first. What'd you like working with kids? What'd you, what'd you think about that? Well, it's no different uh, today than it was over 20 years ago. And that is that spark, that innate curiosity that children have. I just loved being able to see that and to facilitate that, enable that. And that's really the same motivation that we have here at Flynn Scientific today is that we want students to have those genuine, authentic, engaging, inquiry, critical thinking uh, uh, experiences across all the different subject areas and disciplines. But we do it through the lens of science and STEM here, of course. And that is really one of my main motivations but that's also one of the key drivers for our entire product development and our customer experience here at Flynn Scientific. Very cool. So, and, and so for the last bunch of years, you've been, you've been talking with, you've been teaching teachers and, uh, you know, educators of different levels, adults. Um, what do you think is, uh, what, what's, what's one of your favorite aspects of working with those adults? 
uh, the interaction, the interaction with, with them and being able to generate enough trust quickly that people feel comfortable enough to talk about things that may have gone wrong. Because usually people are coming to a safety session because they're forced to. They're mandated to go to a safety session. Yes. And let me tell you, a lot of people put on safety seminars and they're dry as toast. They really are. And that's when you get buried into the granular content of it. Now, you do need to understand that content and you do need to understand that there are protocols and provisions in place to protect everyone in that whole school ecosystem not just the students that are doing an activity, but also the, the teachers, the other support workers, and ultimately everyone's family. That's the whole school ecosystem. So we like to do things in a multi-modality format here, media rich. But one of the best things that happens when you interact with adults and you have that level of trust is that they will ask you questions that, they might typically not ask in another environment or another setting. And they'll say, Hey, there's an odor in our prep room or my chemical cabinets are corroding like crazy. Now, personally, we deal with that every single day here at Flint every single day. So I want to make sure I want to assure people that they're not alone. And that with the proper education and understanding and knowledge and using us as a reference or a resource, we can help them meet their curricular ob uh, objectives. We can help make their classes as engaging as possible. And we can also make everything as safe and robust at the same time. And that's really what Flynn is all about. So I get to passionately do what I love every single day. Many people invite me back to their classrooms and I love having that experience, getting back into that environment. It's refreshing and it really helps us as professional science suppliers and STEM suppliers to keep our thumb on the pulse of what's actually happening in classrooms or over the past year in kitchens, in living rooms, in backyards because the whole instructional environment has changed, but you still need to maintain safety. I mean, that hasn't gone away. So I, I hope I answered your question there. I, I, I went a little bit down the rabbit hole. Oh, I good. got a little bit passionate there, but uh, I really just love the engagement and the interaction, whether they're students uh, who are student aged Okay, or they're adult learners. It's all the same. It's just having fun with them. Very cool. Very cool. You know, you know. It's funny as a uh, as a former high school principal, I remember, you know, when the science the science department always kept you intrigued with what they were ordering. All right, and then, you know, some of the weirdest, weirdest, strangest things get ordered through the science department, and always really cool, useful stuff for making the the classroom come alive. And you know, and that's how I got to know the name Flynn. That's why you know, immediately it's name recognition. Boom! I mean, it's it's like uh, right. Mickey D's or Burger King, or which neither of which sponsored the show, by the way. And, uh, but 
<laughs> Northland, sorry, I should say that too. But you know, but uh, you know, it's right out there. Serious name recognition because you go, yeah, I remember Flynn. I remember, boy, we ordered a lot of strange things from them. So, can you just yes. tell us, just kind of give us a a little run through about the, the different what what science teachers are ordering from Flynn? <laughs> okay, well, that's a great question. Um, it's a loaded question, and I like that. <laughs> So Excellent. what are science teachers ordering? Well, if you were to take a snapshot of the last 13 months, <laughs> it will look completely different from what has happened over the previous 20 years. And that's okay. But science teachers are typically ordering things that they need in order to meet those curricular outcomes or indicators. So biology teachers are going to order dissection specimens so that their students can actually open them up and understand uh, common uh, anatomy, physiology, and get inside and understand how all the systems are connected. They may not overtly appear to be connected, but once you can actually see that and you have that tangible experience, and let's be completely honest with each other, dissection specimens today are better and safer than they ever, ever have been. So the days of you and I using a formaldehyde-soaked specimen yes. with that terrible smell that you and I still recognize today. <laughs> oh, you got that right. <laughs> that does not happen. It just can't happen because we don't sell that anymore because there's so much awareness out there and we're so much more conscious about things. And chemistry teachers love buying chemicals and glassware and they love to be able to have students have those reactions and, but it's all done in a controlled environment with safety as the, the main pillar of that. And physical science or physics teachers, they love a lot of the different apparatus that can measure things and quantify things that you would never have even thought about. I can remember as a student sitting in a physics class thinking, you know, I never really thought about uh, momentum before. And now that I understand it, everything I see around me has energy. It has kinetic energy. It has potential energy. And that momentum piece, that's never left me. That's always stuck with me. And that was from one single class, actually. Nice. It's, it's good stuff. I mean, all of what you're talking about is just, it's funny because I think about some of this stuff because like, you know, usually the bio teachers are ordering the gross stuff. Um, you know, the, um, the chemistry teachers, you're worried that they're going to blow something up. And then the physics teachers, you know, usually there's a lot of mechanical sorts of things that uh, you end up with or, or, or things with displays on it. that look like, you know, it's, uh, all all it's missing is Dr. McCoy or uh, Mr. Spock hanging around it or, you know, something like that. Sorry. That's really absolutely accurate. Yes, (laughs) absolutely accurate. So here at Flynn, we sell all of that. Everything from dissection specimens, test tubes, chemicals, hands-on kits for inquiry-based learning. We also do a whole lot of digital content. So we have solutions that will work across all the instructional modalities, all of them, which is fantastic. And it's been very, very useful, especially over the past 13 months. So to answer your original question, what are science teachers buying today? In order to answer that question, it depends on the specific school because there is a uh, noticeable lack of consistency 
across a state, even across a region, sometimes even across a district. Wow. Now, we noticed more of that last year, and that seemed to have been, uh, uh, I'll use the term generously, a lot of that was remedied or fixed going into the fall. And there were there was funding to really, you know, bring some some equity into education. Because access to broadband really became a necessity. And not only access to broadband, but you also had to have a device that was broadband accept that could accept broadband. And many families didn't have the uh, means to do that on their own. So when you look across the country, that was really uh, something that I applaud the funding that came out of the CARES Act that really improved that and really raised that baseline and brought equity to education, uh, regardless, never mind marginalized students or, or different aspects of that conversation. But it really did raise that bar up to really equalize and bring equity, which was so, so needed, which was great. So along with that equity, Flynn designed some multi-modality. So regardless of the instructional environment, whether it's in person, a blended or a hybrid or cohorted offset instruction, there's 87 different terms we could call that but that's where half of the students go on one day and half go the next. Or it's a true distance and remote learning environment. We have solutions that will work. So they will provide that genuine or authentic experience to students without them necessarily having all of that equipment and apparatus and chemicals and all those other things that they so desperately need in order for them to have that continuity of learning and maintain that trajectory that they have from fundamental learning or those stepping stones. And they use that towards post-secondary and then on to career and workplace. And we couldn't be prouder of our digital offering and our digital solutions that are used across every state and all of the middle school and high school levels. And that is really one of the driving forces for me personally but don't get me wrong, this is not a company of one person. I, I have the luxury of speaking with you today, Stephen, but there are over a hundred of us that are working tirelessly on behalf of students and science and STEM teachers, and again, that whole ecosystem, to make sure that they can meet every expectation that's out there and provide student success regardless of the modality. So that's really what Flynn has done. And that's what people have been buying out of necessity. And what we're seeing is we're actually seeing a transformation where yes, it is critically important to have that hands-on element. No one will dispute that. There's thousands of white papers that will justify that. If you're looking for evidence-based research, Hands-on learning is by far better than any other aspect. I think you would agree, wouldn't you, Stephen? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So in the next best thing, you have to be able to 
not only replicate that, but you have to be able to give that experience to students in a way that they can learn on their own so that it addresses their individualized learning capabilities and learning styles, but that provides the, the experience and lets students participate in the observation because science is all about observation. That's what it comes down to. If you think of a science class or a science activity that you participated in as either a teacher, as an educator, or as a student, well, you had a trusted lab partner or maybe two or three, and you all watched what happened when you added the uh, baking soda and the vinegar into the flask. And everybody watched as it would come out, right? Nice little exothermic reaction. The volcano, right? A nice, simple little, you know, volcano. And everybody made their observations. Everybody watched. Everybody measured things. Everybody did all those different aspects. Now, imagine being able to do that digitally and still have that spark, right? If you can have that innate curiosity captured and provide an experience that is still going to stick with a student and help them for the rest of their career, we've done our job. And I think we've done it very, very well. And we've done a lot of work with certain publishers. So with Savas Learning, formerly Pearson Education, we've done a lot of work with them. We do a lot of hands-on kits that support those different virtual activities and digital activities as well, because we are so passionate about making sure that every student has access to that experience, because that is how we operate here at Flynn, but that's what every student really needs, equitable access to education. Uh, good stuff. Very good stuff. I I love it. So, you know, one one of the things that I gotta I gotta do before we go too much further is I gotta exp- I gotta get you to explain a little bit about what you do for Flynn because we're, we're you know you know you're you're uh, um you're director of education safety and compliance at Flynn Scientific. So, tell tell us what uh, what that means. Perfect. Well, on the education side, a lot of the professional learning the training and development, if you will. Um, And we prefer the term professional learning rather than professional development here at Flynn because we see that as a continuum. Professional development almost implies that it is a one and done. That would be one of those dry as toast sessions that you're forced (laughs) to go to, or I need to sit in front of a computer for 20 minutes and answer four (laughs) true or false questions. And I'll get my certificate that tells me that I'm safe. That's not how we look at things here at all. So on the education side, I have responsibility over the Flynn Professional Learning Series. And that's an ongoing series of events. And every two months, we have uh, a schedule of various topics. They're all uh, relevant. They're all current. We bring in uh, celebrity guests for some of these. But they're all about Uh, important things that people are asking us and it's very collaborative and interactive. So they're typically an hour long. We do them live. Now we also record them and add them to the Flynn archive so that people can download them and, and share them among their colleagues and, and get that 
as needed because they're not always offered when people have freedom uh, right now because there's a lot of expectations uh, for teaching and being live and, and synchronous with your students, etc. That also carries over into the whole safety program. And when people think about Flynn Scientific, most of them instantly associate safety because the company was founded on quality and safety. Nothing else mattered. Highest quality products, highest quality solutions, highest quality people in this. And everything was done based around safety. So the Flynn family started Flynn in 1977. Since that time, Flynn has become the global leader in science and safety uh, training, especially in the realm of education. We have Flynn certified safety programs that you can participate on online for free. This is part of our commitment to educators. We're not going to charge anyone to have the access to that information that's so terribly needed, especially with new teachers. Because there's been a trend lately that, uh, or new to science teachers, I need to also add that in there as well, because some teachers have been teaching a different discipline and then move into a science area. And it's different teaching language arts versus teaching science. There's a lot more safety protocols that are involved. So with the safety training, we will do them on demand. We were doing them on site but we'll also do them online. There's a whole host of different things that go into being part of the comprehensive Flynn safety program. And that's where I have accountability and responsibility. So without getting into all the, the, the details of it, when you look in the Flynn catalog and reference manual, because that's what it is, we have dedicated a tremendous amount of that catalogs real estate to providing that safety reference at your fingertips. It's actually in the yellow pages at the back of the catalog because you and I still know what a phone book looks like, Stephen. <laughs> Just barely, by the way. <laughs> those, those things are, uh, you, you say that to some kids today and they go, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know it's fascinating. It's that fascinating. it is. Well, so cool. I mean, it just, there's so many things going on there. What I want to kind of do is uh, I want to I want to take a look at because one you know one of the things that's really neat is that they you know Flynn offers webinars and uh, and safety courses and such like that. And you know, it's I got to tell you what's funny is that I think about and you made me think about it just a little bit ago. You know, one of my favorite things in chemistry uh, was taking a substance and trying to figure out what that substance was, an unknown substance yes. and breaking it down and doing the experiments around. And as a result of that, I actually set the uh, the lab uh, table on fire twice, <laughs> accidentally, not on purpose. Uh, but the, it, it's amazing what can, uh, what can happen when they have that live Bunsen burner. But ah, that's exciting, you know, when, when your lab partner goes, uh, Steve, I think the table's on fire. What? Oh, hey, the Bunsen burner's a little too close to the wood there. But, you know, one of the, there's all kinds of cool stuff that's uh, in, in the experiments and uh, all the things happening. And I, I got to go back to some of my science teachers um, because talking about the lab safety and such, you know, the kids are the biggest variable in that lab. 
Um, now, the, the teacher themselves are a variable because <laughs> depending yes, on indeed, absolutely. <laughs> how much they might want to push the, you know, the, the boundaries of safety and security and all that sort of stuff. I can remember a teacher who, uh, you know, there's this great experiment that I may screw up what the experiment is, but you basically are putting, uh, you got a trough full of, uh, or a, like a baking pan that has water and soap in it, dish soap. And then you, you've got yes. the, the zinc in the bottle with, uh, I think, you, basically you're making gas. And, right. and making all these bubbles. And, uh, and then he lit it. And, uh, <laughs> well, it, location of lighting that would be very important considering it was too it, close. It's, it's critically important, yes. <laughs> too close to the curtains. <laughs> and, uh, now, hey, that was rather exciting time in my 11th grade year. <laughs> I, I can tell you that happened in a non-Flynn certified classroom <laughs> because that could have never happened with the proper level of awareness, the use of a student lab safety contract, for example, the teacher reviewing what the safety protocols are and that there is absolutely no tolerance of any behavior like that. Now, it was a different era yes. for you and I. <laughs> yes. it, it was different, but at the same time, nothing's changed. Those same safety protocols should have been followed because the same devastating impacts could have occurred oh, yeah. from that. And we can look back on that and reflect and we smile and we say, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I'll never forget that. And when a survey was done, this is fascinating. It was done uh, out of Omaha and it was a large survey. Over a hundred thousand science teachers participated. And the simple, there were a handful of, of, of questions, but the, the question was, in what grade do science accidents occur in your school? Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring and I know that you will love yours. So Steve, I'm going to ask you what, it's, this is high school based, so I'll give you that. What grade do you think most of the accidents occurred in? I'm going to go with 11th. Well, that's a very good guess. It's well thought out. <laughs> However, it's grade nine. Oh, okay. 80% of the accidents occur in grade nine. And that is largely predicated on the fact that most students have never handled uh. equipment, apparatus, chemicals, all of these things before because they came from a middle school environment where science was kind of fun. It might've been some citizen science, do some stuff outdoors, look at some things, maybe under a, a microscope, maybe use a, a triple beam balance, but they didn't have exposure to the things that you do get in a high school. And when you think about who typically teaches in a grade nine environment, 
the best teachers should be teaching grade nine and 10 to really get that spark, right? That innate curiosity oh, yeah, that we talk definitely. about to have a full contingent of science programs going forward. But sometimes it's a teacher that teaches three classes of another subject and grade nine science, or I teach physics and grade nine science, which is fine. As long as you have that understanding going into it, that you really need to be prescriptive with your students and you really need to train them in order to be safe, in order to be successful so that you can have those great experiences in the lab and that will stick with them going forward because knowing that 80% of the accidents happen in grade nine, if you eliminate that, that means that your school is most likely going to be accident free. And that's what the ultimate goal is from a safety program perspective. You want to eliminate up front because it's preventable. So that all comes back to proper training, understanding, and awareness. That's and awesome. That's what we do here as part of the Flynn safety program, whether it's for students or it's for the teachers. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Cause I know, you know, the reason why I guessed 11th grade was because I was thinking that uh, the teacher, the kids uh, might push the teacher a little to do something they're not supposed to do. <laughs> so that, that's what's going through uh, my brain. <laughs> and again, you and I being in classrooms, being in those situations, it is intoxicating to do those things, right? To right. have that whiz bang boom excitement. It's great. It is intoxicating. Yes, it is. <laughs> but you need to look at that. So here at Flynn, we look at all of those activities, every single one of them. And we look at those fun ones that people find online, okay? <laughs> yes. And the, the acid test, the litmus test, whatever you want to call that, is does the educational value exceed the risk? Because where you find that the risk is higher, then that's where you just don't do it. And we have a mindset right now where everybody sees things online. Oh, that looks like fun. That, right. I have those, I have those reagents at school. I have that stuff. I should be able to do that. Well, he, he didn't get hurt on the video, so I won't get hurt. And like you say, the curtains are now on fire or there's broken glass that's gone out and injured students. Yeah, there's some pretty scary things. So that... there's a lot of devastating things that can happen. There's liability that exists out there. So it's, our role as your trusted lab partner to make sure that you have an engaging, creative, fun, exciting science and STEM program, but that it's done in the safest possible manner. That's what we do. That's very cool. Very cool. Cause it's, cause there is so much that can go wrong on a normal occasion and by following the rules. And uh, that's good stuff. I appreciate you right. talking about that. I, I, I want to, ask you this uh you know you've referenced it a few times uh how has your job changed because our, our job in education has changed uh and starting to see some normalcy and or at least in what the world's becoming um right how's your job changed in the in the days of the pandemic i have never worked longer hours or harder for me personally and on behalf of every one of my colleagues here at Flynn Scientific. 
we have collectively burned the candle at both ends, as they say, to make sure that our customers and their students have the ability to achieve success. Because really, these digital solutions did not exist a year ago. We had to pivot, focus, and maintain that focus, get it tested, make sure that it was that it worked, and get it out as quickly as possible. Not unlike how the vaccines were rolled out, right? You've yeah. never seen a vaccine roll out this quickly in, in human history. They used existing, understood, accepted, evidence-based research and built off of that. And now we're in a whole different cultural environment than we were a year ago. So I'm not trying to align Flynn with, uh, with the, you know, vaccines, but we put in the effort that was needed in order to facilitate student, I guess, how would we word that? We did what was necessary to enhance student learning and facilitate teacher instruction. That's what we did. Awesome. And we continue to do that. So how has my job changed? Uh, it's changed in that you and I aren't meeting face-to-face today, but we're meeting in a uh, uh, collaborative online communication tool, and which is great. But 14, 15 months ago, you and I would have met, had this uh, in person in your studio, and it would have been a whole different conversation. It's pretty wild, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And yet I am completely accepting of this new next normal. Very cool. Very cool. The, uh, and James, I got to ask you because, uh, you know, we found this out uh, before that, uh, you know, there's a lot of terms that uh, we've have become part of our vocabulary now, you know, that weren't there before, just like um, how you described what, uh, you know, I think Zoom is the new uh, Xerox word that anything online is <laughs> right. is Zooming. Um, and the, once again, not brand placement. They're not a sponsor of the show, but the but I am using them. But everything is, it's like Xerox in the 70s become, suddenly became everything you copied became Xeroxed. And, uh, you know, and, I, and right. we have this and that, and we learned some other terms. I mean, like, I mean, you talked about those vaccines. People are discussing with me which vaccine they got. It's like, you know, it, do I really know which what the flu shot's called? No, <laughs> you know it's like except flu shot, you know, uh, and uh, you know it's just it's just interesting. Well, another one of those terms was I found out you're an expert on is PPE. Uh, yes, uh, definitely uh, have been called a PPE expert, and if you've done your your research, which I'm sure you have, you definitely have seen that a lot of the uh, state. Department of Education Safe School Guidance Directives all reference uh, proper PPE. It's, you know, a year ago, nobody knew what those three letters meant, PPE. Get that right. That's what I have been doing for over 20 years uh, as a champion and an advocate, and I suddenly became popular, which was great, (laughs) except I like to work more in the shadows. Uh, So I've come out of my shell quite a bit. Um, but yeah, PPE, personal protective equipment. So gloves, goggles, protective eyewear, uh, hearing protection, 
proper uh, aprons, lab coats, uh, protective footwear. All of these things are under the, the umbrella of PPE. But right now, when people talk about PPE, they're talking about uh, face masks, number one. Then they're talking about protective eyewear. Then they're talking about nitrile gloves. And then they talk about face shields. And then, some, you know, we get into some ancillary or peripheral product beyond that. But that's what everybody now understands is what are the mainstream requirements for living, working, learning in a COVID-19 environment. Very cool. This is, uh, and, and so that's going to lead me to ask this next question, which is simply, you know, as schools reopening and uh, more and more of them are face-to-face, I mean, in my state, we're, many schools have been face-to-face since August. It's just they take a few steps forward, a few steps back as they're dealing with things and, right. um, and you know, having virtual on a, a you know, hybrid combination thing going there. Uh, um, you know, one of the things that is taking place is that there are science labs, you know, opening as well. So what, what sort of advice do you have about uh, maintaining that, uh, you know, that safety and the precautions that you think that schools need to put into place as science labs start going again? Well, that's, that's actually one of the main things that I've been uh, speaking about for uh, the better part of a year. So I would love to answer that question. So schools look completely different today than they did 13 months ago. They look vastly different today and we've accepted what they look like today more so than we did even in September. And there was a whole lot of anxiety for people returning to schools in September from all the different stakeholders involved in school and learning. Now, today, every morning, uh, my wife is a teacher. My son and daughter are both in high school. Before they're allowed to even think about going to school, they have to do that self-assessment check online on their phone and they do that, you know, do you have any symptoms, you know, all of that. And they have to register that before they're even allowed. It's almost binary. And if it turns red, well, then you're not going to school because you could be potentially uh, symptomatic. That is all about prevention. That's what that comes down to. And many schools have a health check at the front door. They have a health check to get on the school bus, right? We did see people using the infrared thermometers very, very often uh, last year. That's kind of gone out of fashion now as we've learned things. But we were doing everything that we were told to do, right? The uh, vigilance on hand hygiene, the use of wearing proper face masks, has never been more important than it is right now. Uh, you look at any school building, it's not unlike retail or, or anything else. There's directional arrows and messaging. They only want to control the flow of students and people in a building so that they minimize interactions. And that's what we're at right now. We're still in that prevention stage. Um, Nitrile gloves. Science teachers have always had nitrile gloves for dissections and working with different chemicals and things. But now you see that as being uh, uh, consumed across the whole school, uh, uh, you know, different grade levels, teachers, different people in the building. Isolation uh, gowns. A lot of the younger teachers and uh, uh, early childhood educators and uh, educational assistants are wearing that as an extra barrier of protection against COVID. 
um, face shields for teachers. We've seen that used and not used. Goggles, protective eyewear. Then, of course, something happens. So uh, I actually printed this off because I, w I was hoping that this question was going to come up. The CDC released guidelines two weeks ago yesterday, and they are constantly evolving, constantly updating. And in their directives for schools, uh, they actually removed the recommendation for the physical barrier. So those were the plexiglass partitions that we were talking about for the better part of nine months. And they actually suggest that elementary students can be within three feet of each other, but that middle school and high school students should ideally be six feet. And they need to be six feet when they're uh, not wearing masks, doing activities such as eating, uh, different things like that. But all of that is a is really a phased prevention approach to how to open a school safely. So you have to meet certain criteria. So if you're in an area of low community transmission, and that's done in tandem with the school district and the local health authority, and they have been working so tightly together for over a year that all of those decisions are made on how many cases are occurring per 100,000 people in a set period of time, which happens to be seven days. And there's this whole dashboarded color coding system that happens right now. And listen, everyone involved with education wants to have in-person instruction. That's the goal. That's the objective. But in order to do that, we need to do it safely for all of the different stakeholders. And there is a tremendous amount of research that's ongoing about how students are actually vectors in the transmission of COVID. And they may just be carriers, right? They're a vector in that. But what was definitely uh, uh, proven is that students are often uh, the ones that uh, can bring that virus into a susceptible home a grandparent, an elderly family member, because sometimes they're the caregiver or the babysitter or a guardian for those students for at various times. And the students are asymptomatic, so they have no outward signs that they're actually contagious or carrying COVID. So no one thinks about that. And that's where a lot of the anxiety rests right now in education is if I get vaccinated as a teacher, does that help me in the classroom? Yes, it helps with the whole social, emotional learning and the traumatic response. Is it going to make them a better teacher? Well, that's a personal decision. I mean, there's all kinds of debates going on right now. And that's a personal choice. And we're not going to sway any, anybody's opinion here on this uh, uh, webinar. However, I think it's fantastic that teachers have the choice, that they have the option of being vaccinated. And I, th I am tremendously hopeful that most of them make their informed decisions and choose what works for them, their families, their classes, and that all of their colleagues do that as well. 
Uh, I think that's that's powerful what you just talked about right there because that 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 choice is you know is a big part of uh, you know what uh, makes us the country that we are. I think so. Uh, Absolutely right. Um, Absolutely right. Good stuff there, uh, James. I, I one of the things I want to. Um, you got me thinking about all kinds of stuff here, and uh, I got, and and so I got to, I'm gonna, I can't take too many detours as we're getting ready to, we're getting close to finishing. But you know, one of the things that I'd like to uh, have you do is that I noticed something when I was reading. Let's let's get out of the too serious stuff. Let's come back for just a minute. Although this is serious too, but it's okay. It's, it's different type of serious. I noticed something that 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 uh, had me uh, had me going. Uh, I was real curious about. Uh, can you tell everybody what Flynn Stem is? Uh, I can absolutely tell you what Flynn Stem is. So Flynn Stem is a product that's a result of a joint venture, a partnership between the Illinois uh, Mathematics and Science Academy, IMSA, and Flynn. And from that, uh, it is a middle school-based program. You could learn everything you want to know about that and more at Flynn Stem. Uh, dot com or just type in you know Flynn STEM and there'll be a whole special web page will populate there for you with actual videos of teachers using this with their their students and it was designed to be a um, an after school or a STEM camp type of an activity but it has applicability in mainstream situations as well now Flynn STEM that's just one of the aspects of what we're doing here at Flynn. And we have developed a solution that really enhances student learning while facilitating teacher instruction across multiple instructional environments, everything we talked about so far today. And it really connects all of our digital solutions in just one place. We're doing that as part of our commitment to equitable access to education. So that means it's just something that's uh, scalable. It's personalized 21st century learning. This is Pavo from Flint. Now Pavo is the digital integration of many teaching and learning solutions. So that includes Flint Prep, 360 Science, Science to Go, Digital Dissections, all of our traditional labs, and a whole lot more. And it's having it all at your fingertips as an educator. Now we've built in the assessment and evaluation tools, all the reporting metrics you could ever want, all the analytics, all of the functionality that you want. We even have certain augmented reality and virtual reality applications built in there now. Like how cool is that? Just think about cool. being able to do that as a student with the existing tools and technology that you already have, okay? And what we really wanted to do was to put something together so that students could make those deeper connections because that is what is so, so important. Um, we really wanted to, to help students and teachers achieve the realm of the possible, right? Wanted to give them unlimited learning potential, if you will. I mean, I'm there. There, I'm speaking from my director of education hat, <laughs> and and really, um, we just want to provide schools and and students with the necessary science and STEM 
applicability. So we actually have over 1,500 modules, 1,800 modules actually, middle school and high school, all combined, different subject areas, different disciplines. It's all there. So your, your, your chemistry, physics uh, classes, biology, environmental, AP, okay, advanced placement, all together, general science, all of it. And it's all about the journey here at Flynn. So Flynn wants to be able to facilitate that journey of science and STEM exploration. And we want to make sure that we do it in a positive way so that we have those STEM careers filled going forward because that's how we innovate as a society. That's how we innovate as a community. That's how we innovate as a country. And that's our contribution to educational excellence here at Flynn. So we're calling this PAVO. It's planned, it's purposeful, it's powerful. It's PAVO from Flynn. Very cool. I love, I, I was so intrigued. I spent so much time on the website looking and understanding. So uh, good stuff. I appreciate you sharing. The, uh, I, I got to ask you this. If you had a chance to talk to an audience of brand new science teachers, they're getting ready for the fall of 21, getting ready right. to, to start new school year. And they brought them all in um, to some auditorium for you to talk to. You're live and you're in person, James. I, okay. All right. What advice would you give them about working in a science lab with kids face-to-face? It's a great question, Stephen. I would encourage them to be as creative as they can be. I would definitely encourage them to ask questions. I would encourage them to be curious. That is probably the single biggest thing that I could encourage new or veteran science and STEM educators to do is be curious, question things, right? And if they don't feel comfortable, if they don't feel safe, if they look at what their uh, objectives are for their course load, if there are certain activities that are in there that they don't remember doing as a student or that they've never handled that equipment, apparatus, uh, particular chemicals, There's a lot of specialized knowledge that goes along with that. They should ask somebody there and they should never, ever feel shy about doing that. There is no harm in asking for help. So be curious, ask for help, ask us here at Flynn. If you feel uncomfortable asking your, your instructional chair, your department head, your science supervisor, the director of science and STEM, we get it. We understand. We are actually human beings over here at Flynn and we sympathize with you, but we're not going to judge you. We'll help you. We'll get you the answers that you need because we also want you to know you're not alone. You are part of a much bigger community. So you may feel like you're all alone in your science lab with your, you know, your first class, And that feeling is great. There's nothing better. You and I have been there. It feels great. It's rejuvenating, actually. It's also frightening. (laughs) It's also uh, exciting, right? But look at what you're going to be accomplishing. Then evaluate your students. And you want to make sure that you're meeting your students' needs because they're not all the same. They're learning styles. A whole lot of different aspects come into it. 
be curious, be safe, and be humble enough to ask for help. That's what I would tell them, Stephen. I love it, James. That's awesome advice. Love it, love it, love it. This is, uh, you know, one of, there's nothing better than that when you're a brand new teacher, you got all that energy, you got all that passion, and just having some of that information right there that you told them is just is just perfect because that's uh, that first class and, and uh, you know, it's nothing scarier, well, except for maybe the first parent night. I mean, that might be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we used to refer to that, I think, in our school as meet the creature night. <laughs> night. Nice, 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 you nice. Know, the, the other fun thing is the first time the principal comes in and stays long longer than like a minute or two, right? You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, so good the, stuff. The teacher evaluation days were always uh, <laughs> high anxiety. That's for sure. Yes. So, so James, before we close, if someone connect and uh, learn more, where would you send them to? Easily just go to the Flynn website, www.flinnsci.com. And from there, uh, you can go anywhere you want because there is, you could spend a full day there and still not see everything that we have uh, available. Excellent. It is, it is really an experience uh, to, to work with Flynn. I've heard that from customers, from cool. teachers, from across different grade levels, subject areas, regions of the country. I didn't understand what that meant until I showed somebody something on our website and they said, I've been using your website for 12 years and I had no idea that that whole thing existed right there. So spend some time on there. You want, you can reach out to us. You can live chat with us. That's been very popular lately because that's the way that teachers are interacting with us. You can call us, you can, you can fax us. We'll, we'll get it. Uh, you know, however you need to connect with Flynn, just type in Flynn. And I want to give everyone here my personal assurance that they will have access to anyone at Flynn, myself included, from the CEO down all of our combined talent, our time, our resources and our 45 year history is yours for the asking. Never feel embarrassed to call us, ask us for help, advice, anything. There's no cost. There's no obligation. That is just what we want to do to be Flynn scientific, your trusted lab partner. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Very cool. So I got two last questions for you, James, and they're just okay. questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? <laughs> well, uh, it's been a trying uh, time lately. Turbulence for sure uh, across all aspects of life. Uh, I think I'm internally motivated by three words. I am unwilling to quit. Or you can flip that around and say, I'm willing to do what it takes. It's the same thing. But internally, I internalize that as I am unwilling to quit. I will make sure that whatever task is at hand is done professionally, properly, to the best of our abilities. And we want to do that in a time frame that works for our customers, for our 
uh, stakeholders here at Flynn. So we are definitely going to do more than you think we will for you uh, when you reach out to us at Flynn. And that's just the mindset that we have, I think, as educators. And the majority of us are educators here at Flynn. We want to help. That's how can we help you. That's what it comes down to. Very cool. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? That's a, a, a very personal and profound question. I love it. So you're going to add, you're asking me to isolate that down to one teacher that had an impact. Then I would have to say that was my kindergarten teacher. Oh, cool. Because you've seen those, those sayings, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. And that's very accurate, actually. And when I look back at my kindergarten class of 22 students, and we were all four years old, it was like herding cats, herding <laughs> cats every day. And she did such an amazing job of getting us ready for that's that's where that trajectory through academia starts. It all starts at one point and you could trace it back to kindergarten. And I think if you have a fantastic kindergarten teacher, you remember that teacher and the influence and impact that they have over you, you don't even recognize until much later on. But if you think about it, your homework skills, your time management, your collaboration, your sharing skills, all of these things you're taught in kindergarten. And you either learn and learn them properly or you don't. And those things stick with you <laughs> as part of your character as you progress through school. So I would say my kindergarten teacher was my uh, most influential educator throughout my academic life. Very cool. Very cool. I'm pretty sure I've not had too many. I've had a couple around elementary through about second grade mentioned, but that's that's awesome. That's very cool. And uh, I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, James, You're thank, very welcome. I, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today. This has been fun. I, I appreciate you sharing information about Flint Scientific and, and about PPE and about safety in the, in the labs and all that good stuff. I uh, wish you the best in all you do. Thank you so much. And for anyone who's following along that wants to participate in those Flynn Professional Learning Series sessions, we have a whole library archived of all the previous ones. So you can download them for free, listen to them, and you also get all of the uh, presentation decks, the slides, any of the resources that we talked about or that our guests talked about, and we've freely provided that out to the entire science and STEM uh, community at large here in the United States and in Canada, because I know you have followers in Canada as well, Stephen. Very much so. So uh, we will let we will let those uh, uh, people have access to all of that. And there's again no cost or obligation to it. These are just uh, pieces of the whole overall wonderfulness that is Flynn Scientific. Teaching, learning, leading K twelve is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here.
Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.